We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. No comment. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Hands Podcast. This is episode number se- uh, 73. Smart black kids mm. versus acting white. I don't even mm. know what the hell that means, but we're going to get mm. into it. Hey, fellas, let's do a check-in. Reef, what's happening, man? How you doing? Doing well, man. You know, uh, welcome to Black August, another Black August. And, um, you know, started for the the murder of of black political prisoners and just continued. So uh, happy birthday, James Baldwin. And and I'm excited about this uh, this uh, show tonight. That's what's up. Chris, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm changing the world. Really, (laughs) every morning, every day, like I'm changing it. It's amazing. It's amazing all the work I'm doing. I'm very tired. I'm very tired because I've been changing the world. Like I've been today, just all day long, I was changing the world. That's it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're going to dig more into that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Charles is not on the show tonight, but man, we got some very special guests in his place. Uh, energy converters are in the house. Uh, Jaden, tell the folks who you are, bro. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm a part of Energy Converters uh, as part of Charles' program. Um, I go to Emeryville High School. Um, I'm going into my senior year. And what we basically do is we advocate for advocate for student agency and energy converters and responsibility and student voice. And so I'm proud to just be on here. That's what's up, bro. Now, you, you want to do you want to go into acting eventually, right? Well, activism and entrepreneurship but okay. I have, yeah i That's had someone who did want to go into acting he, he Wait, just, was, I, I just confused you my bad yeah, yeah. he like activism bro like get your acts right <laughs> you know? he get your act right you know that's miss <laughs> miss rachel in the corner and tell, tell the folks who you are Okay, uh, I'm Rachel Peterson. I go to college prep. I'm one of Jaden's friends. I was on his um, other podcast. It's called Black Youth Live during COVID-19. And yeah, I'm just happy to be here as a guest and share my opinion. That's what's up. Hmm. All right. So what is most striking about this episode is uh, smart black kids versus acting white. And we got two smart black kids. And so (laughs) Rachel, uh, you have an interesting experience of being a private school uh, uh, student, correct? So tell us about the experiences of being black in a private school. Um, There definitely is a pressure to fit in, but also you know, stay true to your own and value that your family has taught you and not to just um, always stay with the status quo. There always is a lingering question of whether or not you got into the school because of diversity points and not just because um, they like the work that you were putting out or because, of, um, I don't know, I guess your education and your grades. And then there's also... Uh, the problem of kind of separating like school community and home community and trying to differentiate between that, like, am I black or am I kind of leaning more towards white culture and seeing that in my interactions with my black friends and my white friends? 
Mm, that's pretty deep. That's a way to open us up. All right. So, uh, Jane, you're pretty articulate too, bro. Uh, and you go to a totally different kind of school. <laughs> he just called them articulate. He's called black kids articulate. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Of course bro, they're articulate. I'm giving, they're this black. Man a, I'm, giving this man a, I'm giving this man a compliment, and then y'all want to y'all want to try to go for my. It's not a anyway. compliment. That's it's like an observation of the obvious. That's All right. Black. Yeah, of course fine. he's articulate. Now, what's what's your experience? <laughs> Well, yeah, going to a majority black, Hispanic, and Arabian school with uh, very few white kids. Um, when when I'm called like, oh, you act white, it's usually because I've done something like, you know, out of the ordinary. Instead of playing basketball or, um, you know, chilling with my friends, it's like, uh, instead, I'm probably on the news or something. And everybody's like, damn, you act hella white. And I'm like, um, okay. I feel like that's really just it's it's weird how people just point that out if you know what I mean um it's it's like what's the point of saying that like I'm really interested in seeing why people say say things like that if they think it's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes people think it's a bad thing but other times I'll take it as a compliment I guess but um that's kind of the the dilemma I'm in right now that's what's up, man. Thanks for sharing. So, fellas, jump in, man. What, what's y'all's response and feedback to, to those opening statements? We'll start with you, Chris. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of feedback. I would want I have questions. I would want to yeah. know, like, one, like for Jaden, do you well, actually, for for it's the same question with two different flavors to it. Um, so for Rachel, it would be, do you think you're gaining anything by being around? Uh, white students and white kids going to a school that's more integrated that way. And Jaden, do you feel like you're missing anything by not being in that type of situation? Uh, I can answer first. Um, I mean, when it comes when it comes to private schools generally that have a higher white population, the drive to you know learn and also get a good education and go to a good college is like that energy is constantly around you. So you always feel um, the need to push yourself. When I used to go to American Indian in my middle school and kids there were generally smart, but there wasn't much of an environment within the students that were like, I need to get straight A's. I need to turn in all my homework on time. I need to be studying for the SAT. Um, and so if I feel like I'm gaining anything here, it's just I feel the need to push myself and compete with others because other people are competing with themselves. And I need to match that. Mm. That's what's up. Jaden, your question. Um, well, for me, it's I feel like going to a school with majority um, black and again, Hispanic and Arabian kids, it's it's I feel like it get. Like, I, I like that, honestly. Um, it's, you know, people that look like me. But I do feel like sometimes I do get a little bit too comfortable, if you guys know what I mean. Um, I kind of do wish there's a few more whites at my school um, just so I could get their perspective on things also. Because in some of my classes with some of my great teachers, we have great discussions about everyone's perspective on race and other issues. And sometimes I do kind of want that, like, that... Um, that white opinion because I feel like sometimes their opinions are valuable too. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it, I, I feel like for me, the main thing is the pressure and the uh, stress that Rachel probably feels that, that makes her more competitive is probably what can benefit me also. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. what's up. All right, Reef, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I, first of all, I'm, I'm glad these, uh, these the youth is here. I mean, you both talked about uh, student voice. And I would love just to hear more about like how you've been uh, doing that. One, why so many people have answers and they come up with answers without speaking to students. And so I would love, you know, to get your your thoughts on that. How would you respond to people that come up with solutions, particularly around educational issues or things adjacent to education, but have not tapped into uh, youth? And like, how would you respond to them and how have you responded? Because I know you've also, you know, you've put some things out there in, in the universe as well. Jaden, we'll start with you this time. Um, yeah, for me, again, being part of energy converters, I am like, we, you know, we're taught to be, you know, activists and um, advocating for student voice and agency. So there were situations at my school when I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like my school, we have a black and brown administration. And even though we don't have like, is disproportional in effect for our teachers, I still feel like my school has a perfect opportunity to um, teach black and brown students uh, differently and, um, you know, do do different things and listen to us. But sometimes my school doesn't do that. And what I like, what I'll respond doing, I'll contact my teachers or my teachers or my principal. I'll contact them. Uh, Charles got me writing articles. I'll like, I'll put them on blast in a podcast. I've gotten in trouble. Like I, like my teachers, like was mad at me, like, in my sophomore year, because I wrote an article talking about we need to do this, we need more of this, and I was what, like, "Would you say? Would you say you needed more what?" I don't want to get you in trouble again, but you know, can you share like what we're he's a senior about? now? He's a senior now. He can get in trouble. He's good. I'm joking. He's good. He ain't year, worried about that. Go ahead. Yeah, my sophomore year, I wrote an article about how we needed we need college tours so mm-hmm. students know that they can do something like go to college. Um, I wrote about how. There needs to be some mental health support at our school. Um, teachers need to feel more like more enthusiasm when it comes to tutoring us and actually teaching us. And of course, my teachers, when they saw that and it got emailed to everybody, like my, my principal actually liked that my sophomore year. So she emailed that to all the teachers. And when I would go to the class, they'll, they'll look at me a little different or they'll be like, oh, I didn't like that at all. And I'm like, that's just how I feel. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, kudos to you for putting it out there. Mm, they call that truth hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> truth <laughs> hurts. So Rachel, so you said something, uh, it was a little bit provocative in uh in your interview on uh Jaden's podcast, and you were talking about um, you know, walking in the class and people looking at you funny, acting like, you know, do you belong there and like talking white and like how people um think about that. So like can you expand a little bit on on, on what you were talking about? Yeah, so um, since in the majority of, of my classes, I'm the only black student there. And it's especially, I wouldn't necessarily say uncomfortable, but it's definitely noticeable that I'm the only black person because in our U.S. history course. So the first thing I want to say is that because I go to a very liberal school, there's people walking around with Black Lives Matter shirts, anti-Trump posters everywhere. Um, people are very pro-LGBT rights, pro-Black rights. It's a very, even though the school is not 
majority black there the students themselves are generally pretty accepting but you know just because people are accepting that doesn't mean that they can't make people of color feel uncomfortable so in my uh-huh. class i we do learn about a variety of topics we also dive deep into the civil rights movement and slavery which i see is not something that a lot of private schools do um, which is really sad but Whenever we talk about slavery, or when we did, I could definitely see the teacher kind of hesitating on how he says things, or he wouldn't give me any sort of eye contact. He would be like avoiding my gaze if I was looking at him. And other students also will start to stare at me or glance at me during certain parts. And I mean, it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, but I, I, I just... It's just something that I've had to deal with for so long that I've only really started noticing it when I got into high school. Um, and yeah, so there's that. And then also a big thing that was, even though we are a pretty liberal school, there have been many instances where the teachers would allow students to say the N-word in class or even encourage students to say the N-word in class if we were reading it in a book. Um, and there was kind of a dilemma about it, but even though we brought it, even though many other black students brought it to the administration, they didn't really do anything about it. Um, so in terms of, you know, like Jaden was saying, like, oh, if something went wrong, I would just, um, like he would do a podcast about it and the principal would, you know, give him props for it. In our school, it's slightly different. You have to... You, you either kind of go with the status quo or there's not really much you can do. That's what's up. Man, hey, listen, so this weekend I was out in the Hamptons. And, uh, you know, if for, you, for those of you that don't, don't know about the Hamptons, it's a uh, real swanky, real... Uh, White, real rich, real, you know, all that. And so I'm listening to, I'm, I'm seeing, first of all, I'm seeing like Lamborghinis and Porsches and like all kinds of stuff that, you know, I don't get to see very often. And I'm hearing a lot of rap music, a lot of hip hop or whatever. And uh, predominantly I'm hearing uh, white teenagers playing Little Baby and singing every word to it. And so if you listen to Lil Baby, then you know there's about 350 niggas that's on that album. And so if you say every word, like I, it makes me cringe when I think about white people saying the N-word. And so, uh, Jay, why, why with, do we keep saying the N-word? Why do we say N-word? Nigga. Right. There's no such thing as an N-word. I don't, you know, no other, no other group of people with their atrocities uh, try and clean it up like that. You know, you don't call the trail of tears the T word. You don't call the Holocaust the H word. You know, you know, it is what it is. The word is the word. The word has power and meaning to it. And we shouldn't let anybody forget that. And I think the cleaning it up and the whatever. And you know what? Listen, I'm a, I'm with you, too. I'm agreeing with you on it's in the song lyrics and people are singing it anyways. And when they get to it, they're not saying the N word. They're saying the actual word. It's personally our fault, though. They're not making that music. They're not selling that. They're not buying it. I mean, they are buying it. They're not the ones who are, are, are making it, manufacturing it. So anyways, <laughs> just say the word. And and, and you, why are you going to act white? Why are you going to the Hamptons? Bro, so wait, whoa, 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 whoa. See, see you whoa, acting whoa. white. Yo, there's <laughs> Why you acting that, white? There's black people in the Hamptons and there's black people in Sag Harbor. Uh, there's stories behind, you know, it, there's, there's, there's historic, uh, historic content. 
behind mm. black people in the Hamptons. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, mm-hmm. let's not let's not do that. Maybe if you let me and Charles <laughs> take over, that. take over uh, Freedom Friday, we can do a show on black people in the Hamptons. <laughs> you know what? You're going you to take over not Freedom Friday, but you're going to take over one of the shows this week. So there you go. So so duly noted. And, and feel free to talk about the Hamptons. There, there you go. And, hey. and have one person listening. So so up. Uh, <laughs> hey, and that'll be a donor that will come to my school That's and give exactly my school it. like a million dollars. And so I'll be all right with that. All right. So Jaden, you hear you uh I don't know, I don't know um how that looks in Oakland, but like white people using the N-word. How does that make you feel? Uncomfortable? What what's going on? Um, honestly, like like what you said, it's I don't get super mad when I hear it. Like I'm not tr- like really triggered when I hear like a white person say the N-word. And then again, there are black people who do this. I don't encourage you. I'm like, hey, you can say it. I can be passed and play around like that. But really, like, there's moments where it's just so cringy. Like, like at dances and stuff. When it's like they play, you know, a, a hip hop song in which everybody, all the black people already think it's corny. And then they, and it's littered with the N word. And then they, you know, it's just really cringe to me yeah. sometimes. That's what's up. Um, <laughs> Rach, coming back to you. Thoughts? Um, I mean, personally, I just because I don't say it, I don't really like other people to say it. Like at least in my company, I mean, like if like my school were to endure saying it, I think it really depends on the type of people that you're with. I guess, like, I mean, if some people feel uncomfortable about it, then yes. I just think that the word just shouldn't be said at all. I mean, there's really no reason to. That's what's up. Chris, that's the line what you're thinking, bro. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, you have students here. Students are going to, like, say the smarter stuff. This show just got a lot smarter just by having students here. <laughs> right? So, so we're in good company uh, for once. Yeah, um, that's what's up. You so, know. So, so, Chris, this was kind of like your baby, bro. You brought the idea to the table. Like, what was your thinking behind, like, making this a show? Listen, uh, there, there was a, a thing that came out recently that was all the research that has debunked the idea of um, of acting white as being a particularly black problem for striving and, 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 and successful students, successful black students. And for the longest time, the Ogbu research, which was was a while from a while back, was considered solid that if black students start trying to achieve in their schools and become like the, you know, the uh, the nerdy kid or the smart kid or whatnot, that there is a disincentive socially for them to attempt to achieve because they will lose friends. And the the more recent research basically said the opposite, said that um, um Actually, when they looked at kids grade point averages, kids with high grade point grade point averages, black children with uh, and black youth with high grade point averages were very popular. Um, The least popular kids were the ones that had the lowest um, of of, um, grade point averages. Now, I don't know how that shakes out in every school. And in every situation, but we got to stop using bad research to put uh, bad narratives out there. Um, the idea that achieving um, is is considered a bad thing when you're black to other bad to other black people is not the way everybody's living. That's not everybody's existence. I'm not yeah. saying that it may not it may not happen 
in mm. some situations, but it's not everybody's existence. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Rick, I mean, Rick jump in. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, you know, like it's, it's crazy to me to even uh, think that. And I, and I agree with Chris. Like, I, I do think that, they, that there are students who experience that. Like I, you know, I cringe thinking about it, like, you know, because one, how are you going to let just uh, as a community, let another group of people jack your own children's intelligence and say, oh, you're no longer, you know, uh, what God created you. You are inherently inferior. And if you're acting smart, you're acting intelligent, that that belongs to another group of people. That's just like, you know, that's so disconnected to, you know, the reality, the gifts that uh, God has given. And there's no, you know, uh, you know intelligence is is across all zip codes across all peoples uh but there's a there's a pernicious narrative that's out there that you know unfortunately some some students may have ingested but you know i i just it's like crazy i was just thinking about my childhood i was like man i don't remember ever even hearing anything remotely like that in in school um and then as a as a principal and as a teacher i'm so glad that we just celebrated you know uh black brilliance you know all the time and so you know i never even heard any students uh you know talking in that in that fashion um and if so they would have been they would have been checked about that (laughs) like you know sometimes i think part of education is checking uh certain things beyond uh math or literature like sometimes you just gotta like hey let's have a conversation about why you think that way (laughs) you know like well let's let's uh Let's investigate that a little bit. I, I would want to know what our students are facing today in the, on this exact question. I will put on the table, Sharif, you just talked about your, your upbringing. Ray, I'm sure yours is not monumentally different than than ours. Uh, mine was there were there were cliques in all black schools. There were cliques. Mm. Right. So there were some that were more into sports. There were some Mm -hmm. that were on some nerdy stuff. There were some that were into the drugs. You know, you had your stoners. You had your smart kids that were striving to do something else in life. You had your theater kids, you know, your more artistic whatnot. It was Mm -hmm. a mix. Mm -hmm. It was an actual society. So when you take white people out of a situation, you have a you don't have a monolith. You have Mm -hmm. different kinds of people striving to do different kinds of things. And especially if you go to a high school that has a lot of people in it, like sixteen hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, kids, you're bound to have different cliques of kids doing different things. Yeah. So but in that in that like keep drawing on that, like so in that in that group and, and Overbrook High School was the same thing. You had all those different, you know, uh, groups of students that you described. I just don't remember anybody telling the folks who were in the scholars program or the magnet program. Hey, all y'all acting white over there. You know, like, I just don't remember any of that. Like, <laughs> you the, didn't see them because <laughs> they were in a separate room. Behind, it was behind our back. <laughs> so the hood is the, the hood is different. Because, like, it, honestly, man, if you experience any kind of success in the hood and folks, you know, the narrative becomes you acting white, you 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 think you better than you you think you better than or or whatever. Yeah, man, some so, hoods. Brooke was in the hood. Some, <laughs> Just, I was about to so, say some hoods is like that, you know. Bro, I, listen, I grew up in, in St. Tammany Parish, uh, St. Tammany Parish School District, one of the most heralded school districts in the state of Louisiana. Not that anything in Louisiana is good. I was about but, to uh, say heralded in yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, but, but St. Tammany Parish. <laughs> schools compared to every other school district yeah. in Louisiana mm. it's, it's top notch and so I remember those stories of, of like hey you, you know you're, you're the smart kid you're acting like this or whatever so like I remember that and I remember like you know because I was an athlete I fit into like more than one different category so like I could I could maneuver and I had mm-hmm. swag so like it was different for me but like for those people that were just like straight and narrow like 
delivering Gatorade to the bench, talking about he has sweat. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's hear from the students. Let's hear from the students. What are the students facing today? So tell us, uh, Jaden and Rachel, you hear this. It's all old people talking about back in the day. How is this right now? How is this today? <laughs> And let me just add, add no, one no, more thing. No, no, I just, I just have a very specific question. Do you do you hear people saying like you act white because you're being intelligent, or do you hear people saying you're acting white when they may you know turn their nose up towards other people that look like them? Because they're like when I hear it, it's 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 twofold, you know, or two different ways. So I'd love to hear that you know that as part of your response to Chris. Yeah, yeah, can, can I start with it? Absolutely. Take it. Um, Jump in. Uh, sometimes it's like, because I have friends who say that, and sometimes they be playing around, honestly. They'd be like, bro, you act hella white. And he's like, okay. But um, I feel like it's, like, the most of the time I've gotten that, it's, I feel like it's a fear of me leaving people behind. Like, I really feel like that. Mm. Or, or, like, it's a fear I'm become, like, the next MC Hammer or something, lead a community or whatever. But, yeah, that's 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 what I take out of it. Um, but there are probably probably instances, and based off of that research, like I that that's very good research, and I, I'll assume that's true. Um, but there, I, I feel like there are still, even though like for the overwhelmingly not, that doesn't really happen. But there still are instances in which you know that does happen. Like there, like that can discourage a person who's smart and they're socially less acceptance accepting you know like so i feel like that that probably does happen but probably not as much as people think it is probably not a problem that's what's up all right race to you um the more the part where it comes like oh you act white is more of how i talk or how i dress or different ways that i interact with people it's not really an intellect thing like if you're if I you know want to study I mean sometimes if I decide to study instead of going out with friends they'll say that but I know that they're joking um but I mean I don't think a lot of people like Jaden was saying get discouraged by saying that oh you act white especially in a like because I I grew up in a predominantly white area though my community was black I mean like the people I hung out with and I feel like a lot of people in my situation, because there's a distinction, they have support on different sides. But I mean, for someone who's growing up in a predominantly black community and area, I can't really speak on. That's what's up. Um, man, we got some trolls in. Uh... <laughs> we do. Yeah. We do. Because y'all, y'all keep putting this on Periscope. And uh, Periscope is a, is the gutter. So it didn't let some white supremacists <laughs> in. We got white supremacists trolling our show right now. Um, hey, so don't makes, do that no more. Don't put hey, it on Periscope no more. It's, it's, it's wrong. That it's makes it more wrong. powerful. Wait, <laughs> No, uh, we gonna let it go. This is not even worth it. Yeah, yes, you don't have yes. to. Scr- you don't have to put it yeah. on the on the screen. I, I'm either, not right? putting it on the screen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Reef on you. What's happening? Listen, I I just think you know, um, to Jade and Rachel, you know, first of all, thanks again for you know for coming on and ex- and sharing your experiences. I would love to hear about you know some of the the. Uh, you know, where everyone's talking about what they should do in the fall and what they should what it should look like. I would love to hear your opinions, your peers opinions that you may have you know, spoken about. Like, what are they thinking? What's the new normal for school or what should it be uh, moving forward? 
Oh, I can go. Um, so for my school, because of the resources that we're that we have available, we pretty much decided to split campuses. So the lower school is going to be on another campus, and the upper school is going to be on the main campus, so that we can maintain distances in within our classrooms. I've heard a lot of mixed opinions on this. Um, there are some people who think that we shouldn't go back to school at all just because it's not safe and there's no reason for us to go back since we can just do it online. And other people are like, oh, I need to get out of the house. I've been in here for too long. Um, I need to go see my friends, you know, get outside. Um, but me personally, I don't know. I think it's definitely safer if we were to all um to all uh, stay inside and just keep it like this until the pandemic passes. But there's also a question of mental health and how long people will actually be able to deal with that and not go mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Jaden, young Jaden, what's happening? Yeah, for us, um, they're talking about in the second semester, that's when we're projected to go back, I guess. They'll bring us in two, two days a week. Um, Half the school goes um, two days and uh, the other half school goes the other two days. Um, and then it'll be like some sort of mix on the, on the fifth day. But um, I'm writing an article right now um, talking about what school should be like when it comes back. And honestly, I feel like problems such as institutionalized racism and um, and other systematic struggles needs to be, um, you know, like depicted in schools so that uh, you know, people who aren't directly affected by it has some sort of empathy towards it. So that when those people be, grow up and they become lawmakers, they'll, they'll have that empathy to uh, when they make legislation. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just like writing an article about it, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. please share that when you're, when you're finished with it, once you publish it, you know, yeah, please share a link with it, you know, tag us. That's what's up. All right, so interesting comment. And this dates back to what I just said. And so this is Dr. Vashon Smith, AOS podcast in the building. All right. He says, uh, the hood celebrates fellas coming home from jail, but not ones graduated from college. Bruh, that's how I grew. I grew. Yo, man, maybe that's, that's in parish. Yeah, that's in that's in the parish, man. Like, I think Vashon has said that before on a couple uh times. Like, I, I think there are other neighborhoods, you know, or hoods where where folks are celebrated, where cats who are actually had experience are saying, hey, you know what? You're part of our best and brightest. I don't want you to get in trouble. I, I want you to like stay. Don't come down this road. Stay on the hood pipe. We're going to celebrate you because, you, you know, we see so much progress promise in you. And I think others, you know, like are, are celebrated, like, you know what I mean? Like as far as, you know, like, Hey, you know what? That kid is so talented. We're so proud of them. Like, so I I've seen, you know, yes, I can imagine that that also happening, but there's, you know, I, I just don't want us to be painted as a model of like, Oh, only, only uh, folks who return from jail are celebrating the hood. That's not true. Mm. Bro, that's not what he's saying. And, and that, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, they told you that's not to you, walk down, I don't know what Vashon said. Okay, that's what you say. They told you not to walk down the streets because they know you're soft and you're going to get it. Bruh, so, I ain't, listen, we're not, we're not going to talk about my my uh coming up because whatever is in your head is radically different than reality. So, <laughs> so what you're not going to do, though, is what you're not going to do is throw the Molotov cocktail of class into this discussion. And when we think about class, 
I think people are having different, different black people are having different realities. Um, so the idea that we keep saying that we're not a monolith, I don't know how many times we can say it for it just to eventually ring true. Because of your class or where you're situated in life, you may be in a culture in within a black culture where you're celebrating a term in jail as if it were a term in college. And you might be living in another situation where um, going to college is not even a question with your black parents, with your black parents and, and the black people around you and the black people you associate with. So class, whether you like it or not. And where you're located and how you're situated, whether you're in Oakland or New Orleans or the Twin Cities or Seattle or whatnot, there's a context to which black people are living in that isn't all the same context. So so we can't paint it with. So so when someone says like something like that in our comments, it's true, probably for a certain group of people in a certain context, for a certain group of people. And but I would say it's not even just class. I, I went to college with a bunch of folks who grew up in the projects. Right. Like and and they and I, I would hang out with them when we came home. Like that wasn't the message as we were going through the, the projects that they were saying. They were like, yo, good job. How's it going? What's like? So I, these are things that I saw. I'm not, I don't think that it's just, oh, if you're in, the, in you know, in the projects, you responded this way. I, that nuance that you said, I think that's also in each class is what I'm is what I'm basically trying to say. It, it could be. It could be. But definitely. Whatever, whatever the situation And then let's is. have the students yeah. jump back in about their opinion. Yeah, what they say. Finish, like, finish what you're saying. Whether it's the projects or not or whatever, I don't just mean like upper class, lower class, middle class, That mm. just that. There is a context to wherever you are yeah, absolutely. that's unique to you. I think class does play a part of it. I think religion plays a part of it. Mm-hmm. There is a different statistical, uh, there's a statistical difference for kids, for instance, that have families that go to church twice a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a different just a different reality from research. Right. Anyways, but let's listen. So, so I've, I've heard you. I've heard you say that before. I think we need to do a show on that. But um, Rachel, jump in. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think it's definitely different. My dad was the first one in this in his family to go to college. There was never really an emphasis for him to go to college either. Um, his his dad had a business and um you know, his, the original plan was for my dad to, once he finished high school, to take over that business. But my dad decided to go to college and go to medical school. Um, and so that was his reality. But on the opposite end, my mom, who grew up in on the East Coast, um, both of her parents were teachers. And there was no question about whether or not she was going to go to college mm-hmm. at all. So, I mean, I've, I've had a mix of both. But, I mean, for me, my parents are saying there's no way you're not. <laughs> so don't get it twisted, Rachel. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> youngster, Jaden, what's happening? Yeah, for the expectation for me always for my mom always been you know go to college. She's always wanted that. She's always pushed that for me and my little brother. But um, in terms of what you was you guys were talking about about the hood, you know, celebrating this or that, it also depends who's celebrating. For example, like. The, the drug dealers in the community will probably celebrate, you know, the person come out of jail for different, you know, self-interested reasons. And then the elders will probably ce- celebrate and other youth definitely will probably celebrate and friends of that person will celebrate the um, person coming back from college. And so what I've experienced, I've experienced like celebration from, you know, all sorts of people. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. That's what's up. Man, yo, this feels like an episode of All American. And like we, 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 we 
<laughs> yeah, and we like we interviewing the, we interviewing uh, uh, Spence and. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, um, and uh, QB one sister. <laughs> I don't remember her name. What? Hey, <laughs> uh, they they don't know. They old. They don't know. What I have no is. idea what you're talking about. But uh, Jade and Rachel had a reaction, so I guess they they know. So I'm I'm glad they did. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah. So transition us forward. Uh, Reef. You never been told you uh in your professional life that you know you 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 acting white, bro? No. No. I I mean I just I just haven't. I mean I mean and my circle is different, bro. Like, you know, like uh, I'm just I'm not around somebody that's gonna fix their lips to say something like that. <laughs> and so I just like it's it's love. I mean, I, I understand uh, when I've heard it said about people, it was usually because you know, someone is uh, you know, forgetting about where they came from or in that that kind of context. I mean, the, the closest I think it come to is with uh Chris Teasy uh you and Cole about being TFA. Like that's probably the closest that <laughs> that uh, that I've heard about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm literally trying to think. Ever since we we said we were going to talk about this, I was trying to re- remember. Was there ever an instance where I heard that? Um, you know, even from students. Sometimes, I, and I agree with Rachel. Sometimes, maybe I, I may have heard it if if somebody dressed a certain way or a tone, but not just not intelligence itself. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but you know, so I think that's the you know kind of the nuance, like how people were acting if they had a a particular assumption of how you know uh, white people may act um, or white children may have act something something around that. But no, I personally, nah. Uh, uh, Stuart, bringing that to you, sir. You never heard that? Oh yeah, I've heard. I've heard acting black. I've heard acting white. I'm Creole, so obviously, you know, I didn't caught it from caught hell from different sides of the coin. Uh, my kids are multiracial. They're biracial, so you know, I've caught hell for that. They've caught hell for that. You know, you're in this nether, nether world. The thing that I think is important about all of this is, no matter where you're at. Are we preparing young people to feel comfortable in any room that they go into? Because whether you're acting black or acting white, you need to act like money in some rooms. You need to act like a professional in other rooms. You need to like you're there about your business in some rooms and other rooms. And I just hope that we are preparing kids to be power in any room that they're in, like anywhere that in an all white environment all black environment, a political environment, a job interview situation, getting a loan for a business, whatever. I just hope that we are preparing them to live in their own skin in any of those situations. Cause I've never really had a problem with that part. You could, you, you know, have I heard it? I've heard all kinds of stuff. I've been called all kinds of things. And as long as you got my check ready for me, you know, you can keep <laughs> calling me whatever you want, call me what you want to call me. Right. But I hope like, and, and I would be interested in Rachel and, and Jaden, if you feel like you are being prepared to be in any room and any yeah. situation uh, and then- when you leave school. And then to follow up to that, what kind of energy are y'all bringing to that room right now, given, you know, given your life experiences? Rachel, we'll start with you. Um, okay, so to answer the first question, because, um, because of the situation that I am, I feel like I am prepared to deal with different sorts of situations, not only because of the opportunities my parents have provided for me, but also because of my school and the different alumni network that we have, I'm able to um, outreach um, to different companies or 
um, volunteer for the government in Oakland if I wanted to. Um, and so I know how to change how I talk, um, you know, whether I'm in a friendlier mood or a serious one to kind of get what I want out of that position, just because I've seen my parents do it before and the environment that I in that I'm in has, you know, made that possible. Yeah. That's what's up. All right, Jaden. And then we got a que- then we got a question from the crowd. Got you. I also have some knowledge about not navigating those rooms as I see my, my mom do it a lot. She's a social worker. Um, so, you know, she has to do it. Um, but the, in terms of the energy I bring to the room, I tr- always try to like, you know, bring enthusiasm to the room, you know, some positive energy, if not. But um, yeah, that's that's just how I do it. Hey, what's cool? What school you trying to go to? Uh, me? Yeah. Um, definitely like my dream school as a kid always been USC. University okay. of California. I've been, um, I'm getting scholarship opportunities right now, and I'm I'm trying to get a full ride from some schools in the East Coast, Boston University, Lehigh University, and others. Um, yeah. Definitely going to apply for UCs um, and California State University schools. Um, but yeah, I'm open to any any type of school. But my dream school has always been a uh, University of Southern California. Mm. Oh, hey, when you get on the campus. As soon as you get on the campus, you look for the dudes that got purple and gold on, man, and you go and tell them race sent you. Um, yeah. Don't, so, don't um, do that, Jaden. Jaden, don't do that. Hey, race hey, didn't you. Do that. That's right. Don't don't do say race hey. didn't me. Yeah, don't do it. Unless you won't get kicked hey. out. Don't hey. don't do it. Hey, don't, don't listen to them. Hey, um, I'm I'm t- I'm telling you how to magnify your college experience, man. Don't listen to them. All right. So uh a question. Uh, uh, can we ask the youth about if they need to code switch in school or other spaces that they're part of? Do you you feel like you need to code switch? Um, again, I, my school is majority uh, black, black and brown kids, so I don't ever feel the um, need to actually code switch. And I feel I, that's actually a problem for me sometimes. I feel a little bit too comfortable there, and I don't feel um, super competitive when I'm at my school. And it's a public school, Emeryville High School near Oakland, California. But um, I don't, well, in other areas, in areas in which I'm trying to build my business or in which I'm talking to the mayor of Oakland or um, I'm in a room where actual change is being legislated. Yeah, I I know how to um, switch to the point where, you know, I'm a little different, but not not so much in which, you know, I can't recognize myself in which Mm -hmm. I see a lot. Like I see people change 180. And so I try not to do that. And I try to keep myself a little bit consistent uh, through all spaces. That's what's up, bro. Hey, listen, find them cues, man. You heard me? Find them. Or, or this is by a LeBron jersey that's hey, purple and gold. Right, 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 right. Question on you, Rach. Oh, um, I don't know. This question's kind of hard because I guess you have to know, like, which like which like which person you are and I think because I've always had to code switch I don't actually like in terms of trying to find like who I am as a person or my identity has been kind of hard just because I'm always switching versus you know school environment home environment and then with my friends whether they be black friends or when I'm with my white friends it's always been slightly different so for me the problem is kind of Figuring out which one holds most true to me. Hey, Jaden, you got a you you got a suggest is a suggestion in here. 
Uh, check out uh, where is it at? Uh, La- I think Lafayette College. Um, yeah. Suggestion for you in here? Yes, yeah, uh, Sydney Edelson says, Jaden, check out Lafayette College too with an exclamation point, which means it must be good. <laughs> must yeah. need some serious scholarship money there. Yeah, yeah. tell Lehigh Lafayette, just come to Pennsylvania, bro. Just mm. come on to PA. We we got you. All right, come yeah, on. And then you PA got school. Yeah, you got, you got uh, Demetrius Ball from the uh. From the AOS podcast, telling you to do it, man, do it. Pledge Q. That's what he's telling. Me. <laughs> he's not telling me that. Hey, Rachel, I, I want to go back to uh to to what you said, and I think it's really important that you are trying to. You're not uh letting other people identify. You know. Uh, label you um you are going to determine who you are and and how you want to express yourself to the world and i think that's that's absolutely the the challenge for all of our our youth you know and um you know this whole idea of you know i like the question of a co-switching and but also like i want to challenge our youth make your world co-switch for you (laughs) you know instead of us always trying to fit in this space fit in that safe like that self-determination i really appreciate from both of y'all where y'all saying like i am going to identify who I am and I will let let folks know um you know what that what it is and and it will shift as you get older and as you you know change but I, I love how uh Jaden said like I don't want to not recognize myself mm. and I, I think that is so important <laughs> Stu so, so man I don't mean to put you on the spot but uh we got somebody in this comment that's uh that shares your bloodline he says uh <laughs> I felt that code switching becomes second nature so like yeah. Knowing that your son felt this, like, how does that, how does, how does that resonate for you? No, I mean, uh, it's truth. I mean, it's, it's exactly because I watched it, you know, and I, I, here's the thing that I did with my kids that I do with all my kids, uh, all my offspring is try and prepare them to be whoever they're going to be, wherever they're going to be, like not have to feel some sort of affiliation on any side. If it's going to mean that they don't get to be themselves wherever they are. And part of that was me just like thinking through, you're going to have to go through a lot of different rooms. I said it earlier today in this conversation, there's a lot of different rooms you're going to have to go into this in this world. And there's going to be a lot of hypercritical people wherever you are. You're not black enough. You're not white enough. You're not smart enough. You're not articulate enough. Um, You know, I don't really feel like you're really bringing your whole self to the job, you know, Um, um, there's just stuff. I, I'm sure there is a lot of people in this list right now who have worked in situations where you are somewhat always being questioned about whether or not you are are right for the job or whether you are how, how you got in there, whatnot. I don't want my kids to die by a million cuts. I want them to be able to play the game in any room that they go into. Play the game, get what you need out of it, assess the room. Walk in, assess the room, make a, a, a plan about what you're trying to get out of there and come out with it, no matter what you got to do to make that happen. Right. That's that's the game. That's the real game. But we have such imposter syndrome and sometimes like we second guess ourselves to death. And it's because we're supposed to. The, the uh-huh. entire system uh-huh. is is trying to train us to second guess ourselves constantly. Uh, and what we need are, are kids yeah. that can play the game in any room. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that too. And we thought we often talk about on Freedom Friday to join Anchor wants to try to jack from us. Mm-hmm. Um, that that our our youth needs uh, the tools. They need that tool belt as well as the shield and armor, right? Like to be able to protect themselves as well as navigate. And so, um, yeah, kudos to you, uh, the two of you because I think you are uh, setting an example for for youth across the country. 
Man, so like this makes me think about my son, man. He goes to a majority white school. And so he's never felt. I asked him this question prior to you guys coming on because I kind of wanted to get some perspective from the youth. And I was like, bro, you know, do you ever did anybody ever tell you or did you ever feel like you had to act white going to a majority school? And he was like, nah, that doesn't really you know, I am who I am. And so since I'm so confident in who I am and how you raised me to where I don't have to code switch, I could just be myself in that space. And I, I felt good for a second being his dad. But, you know, we go at it because he's a senior in high school and I want to kill him. And he was but, like, um, yeah, it's all from my mom. Probably, probably. She went, she went, she was on Broad Street for four years. So she went to Temple. So it prob- probably, to you, probably. Baby. You know what? Actually, I should have said this too earlier with my son who's in the, in the line, in the, uh, the comments here. When he went to college, he went to a very white college um, and got a very good deal to get into that college. But I do remember having to have some conversations about don't go up in there and start thinking that you're just like those kids up there whose parents have a lot of money and have a lot of stuff going on. You are from a working class to, to lower middle class family. You need to go up in there and, and get what you need to get. Don't start acting like them in that way, like where they're shirking off their work or, you know, they, they bomb out the first year or any of that because we only get one shot at the apple a lot of times. So I do remember having to have that conversation like you're going to go up in there. And you're going to make the most out of it. But don't don't get it confused. Don't start acting like you're one of them because their their family situation, our family situation are very different. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, (laughs) that's a lot to unpack right there. Reef thoughts. No, I mean, I, I think that's that's true, you know, and and, you know, particularly sometimes, you know, our our our. Black youth get this message of all you got to do is is work hard, you know, like this this meritocracy. Um, but if you're not having the the race class privilege conversation in tandem with that, then they can grow up thinking that oh, I will be judged just on my merit. That we are in a post racial society, and that can be like a you know you know a, a heck of a lesson to learn in the moment, you know? Um, and so I, I think we got to just be honest, as, as Chris said, it sounded like he was being honest with, with, uh, with Josh and just like, Hey, this is, this is the reality. Um, Hillary Beard, I think, you know, when she was on, she talked about uh, two doctors that she knew where they did not have the race conversation with their child and their child experienced all this racism in school. Right. And so here they are doctors and they are just like, you know, well, the green protects the black, you know, yeah, they the don't. green that we have mm-hmm. protects uh, what, being black is in America and being black in schools. And they, 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 they set the kids up where the kids were actually angry with their, at their parents for not having that real conversation. So Jaden, this question is for you. Um, how has energy converters helped you evolve um, as a, as a, as a student? Well, honestly, um, I've always been uh, entrepreneurial, even as a little kid, you sell comic books and stuff. Um, I've always been a little bit outspoken, but uh, what Energy Converters did was, um, what Charles basically did was just, he just taught me what agency meant, right? And that's basically responsibility. And he told me like what student agency is, and that's mm. like what, what we're doing now. And so what Energy Converters like basically did was, encouraged me to um to really like go out my way to solve problems like and actually like try to mess with the system in a way that it will actually um be fair and benefit the majority of students so um 
Yeah, that's that's what I'd be learning from uh, energy converters. I love it. Um, yeah, and yeah. That's that's what's up. So listen, if you are an administrator in this in this audience, if you are a shot caller baller in your district, and uh, you want your kids to have some kind of agency and and uh and uh, ask teachers thought provoking things in a, in a way that challenges them, uh, look Charles up. Energy converters is out here moving and grooving. All right. So um, <laughs> what? I gotta plug my guy. We don't moving got freedom. And, we don't got freedom and grooving. Right. We don't got freedom Fridays. So I gotta plug him. That's true. Do you do your thing, man? <laughs> Actually, what I just heard Jaden say though, I think he said groovy last um, year. Last he week. does. He, he's fun. like he's he's out of date. Um, uh, what I just heard Jaden say. I think is really important. Um, the agency part. And I love that energy converters has that as a main plank, like teach kids agency, young people, teach our young people the agency. And then when you say it equals responsibility, that that's all it really is, man, that hits on all my buttons. Like, man, that's a good lesson to learn early enough so that you know that it's all on you. Like you just get out there, work for yours and it's all on you. Rachel, do you feel like you're getting that same message in school? Like, like it's all on you. You get you, you got the agency. You got the responsibility. You you have the power to make it be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, definitely. In my school, there is a emphasis on taking control of your narrative and you know finding ways to make whatever you have work for you. Not always changing to fit the status quo. Just because a lot of people who go to my school don't fit the status quo, and so I think you know trying to find that confidence in yourself being okay with being wrong sometimes and not getting overly excited when you're right has really helped me, you know, keep a level head and mm. get what I have to be done. That's you should get overly excited when you write. <laughs> Stick it in their face. I'm right. Dunk. You got to dunk on them. <laughs> All right. No, that's probably bad, bad advice. You know, that's that's that, so. It's terrible advice. Don't don't listen to that. <laughs> don't listen to that at all. You could win with humility too. Like but good, but good for you. But keep winning. Bottom line, keep winning. Right. Man, so so my son, man, he was about, I was about to put him in private school. It's a school called the Ross School. And it's like it reminds me of, of kind of Rachel School because it was one of those Harry Potter wizardry schools. And I'm so glad that I didn't do that for him, to him. And I just feel like I'm glad. All right. So, so wait, Marie, wait, 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 wait. So you didn't say you're going to like Harry Potter school, did you? No, that's not what I said. I said it's okay. like one of those Harry Potter wizardry type schools. Like if you if you go and you see it, like the vibe is just crazy. Like you that's see it. And literally like, what I just said. That's right, literally well, the same thing. Uh, okay, that, right, that, well, that's actually I, almost I don't, verbatim I don't, the same I don't, thing. I don't listen to you. Only time I listen to you is on Fridays. Um, so yeah, but it was like it was like fifty grand a year to get there, man. And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. we, need, we need we need to do something different. Reef, you got you got a, a a kid that's at Penn State, and uh, all these higher education. He home, bills, he home right now. All these <laughs> go ahead. All these higher education bills you 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 got, man. I, how you getting them there, man? Like, you know, what, what are you what are you teaching them at home? <laughs> I, I mean, I think one of them is is this whole idea of Kuji Chakalia, right? Like this the second principle of Kwanzaa. Define yourself, name yourself, speak for yourself. You know, I, I think that's just uh, really important. The other thing I think is and what I try to share with everybody is, you know, don't just uh, ask students what they want to be when they grow up, ask them what problems they want to solve, how they want to contribute to their community and then try to match their education with them. That's our goal to like help them, uh, you know, just find that way. But I, I think 
you know, if anything, just exposing, you know, and you guys know this, you know, this kind of stuff I try to expose my children to is, you know, and it's, it's great to see youth who are who are not limited, who don't see themselves as limited, who don't see themselves as, oh, I'm in this box. I'm black. So this is what acting black looks like. You know, like one of my favorite students who became a teacher, he used to play ice hockey. He was the first black kid that I met that played ice hockey. Right. And so I would go watch his games. You know, um, I got the shoemaker when I pulled up the shoemaker. One of the times I was all these kids playing lacrosse on the field. And I was like, oh, that's so dope. I didn't think like, oh, they're acting white. I was like, wow, they they're playing the, the heck out of that Native American sport. Right. Like, so I, I think just making sure that our, our youth are exposed and they're not, you know, uh, constricted in how they view themselves, what they want to try, what, you know, because that's what the world's job is when they're trying to crush a, uh, crush children's dreams. They say, no, this is what you're supposed to be. I encourage our youth to find what just be creative, find out what your hobby is. It may be something radically different than anything other black children are doing. Go do it. Whatever makes you know, whatever makes you happy and fulfilled, um, do it. So that's what I try to, you know, try to share. Hey, Rach, we, we didn't we didn't ask you uh, what what uh, what year are you in in school and where are you looking at? What's your college prospects? Oh, um, I'm going to be a senior like Jaden. Um, I want to go to the East Coast in terms of top schools. Of Bring school- it. Y'all, yo, these are the two best uh, West Coast students Can you let her ever. talk? <laughs> go ahead rachel my apologies you, you say east coast and i just got excited go ahead um so i want to go to georgetown that's probably my top mm-hmm. and then after that would be due for george washington i kind of want to stay in the dc area just because there's a lot of knowledge there i mean congress is there it seems like a cool place to be <laughs> Okay, so 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 I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push you wow. right now. I'm gonna push you right wow. now because you just said you just said three phenomenal schools, but one school that you did not say, which is also a tier one university and an HBCU, is Howard. Why not? My dad went to Howard, and I don't know. He he really liked Howard, but I I I don't know. I just don't think that would be a good fit for me. Like the school is majority black, and I just feel like with the type of environment that I've grown up in, I need a place that's more diverse in all cultures. That's what's up. That's a fair answer. Um, you know what? I do. I do want to point something out that Rachel said, though. She said, first, I want to go to school A, Georgetown, and then maybe after that, Duke or somewhere else or whatnot. And I'm thinking my mind is immediately going to like advanced education. Are you like thinking are you thinking ahead to doing more than just the four years? Because that is becoming a thing. It is becoming a thing now where people feel like a master's master's degree is becoming the old um, bachelor's degree. And you've got to like you got to you got to plan for it, have the money for it. There is a question here for both of you, though, is uh, I'm interested in how these two feel about the future. There's so much going on right now. Um, are you optimistic about society? Are you worried? What is it that you're thinking about the future now as you're planning? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'll answer that. Um, honestly, um, I'm worried, honestly. Uh, there's so much turmoil and confusion boiling up right now. And honestly, I'm sorry to say this, but there's people in power who are literally just... it. At, at this point, like through this entire COVID-19 thing, this entire, um, all these George Floyd protests, it's seeming more and more like people like really don't care about 
black lives. Like they just don't. Or just lives in general, as pointed mm-hmm. out by the United States response to COVID-19. Um, I'm not super optimistic. I feel like last year I was way more optimistic than this year. And then this year was just a huge reality check for the majority of people. But um, yeah, I feel like we'll still prevail through it, but I, I'm, I'm worried that something big is going to happen in the future. That's what's up, bro. And yo, don't be sorry about your thoughts, man. Yeah. Rach? Uh, I'm kind of where Jaden's at. I'm a little more optimistic because I know that change comes eventually. I think progress, you know, I think society moves towards progress. Sometimes it takes a couple steps backwards. Um, and I just think right now, a lot of the people in power just have a good mindset. And, you know, when change comes, society has to change with it. Or there's going to be some sort of revolution um, that goes along with it. So, I mean, either we're going to go the easy way or the hard way. But I think no matter which way we go, we're going to change. Mm. That's what's up. Hey, so 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 y'all are coming up on that age to vote. I got this one in 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 this room right here. He's he's fifteen. He just turned fifteen, so he'll graduate at fifteen. Um, but y'all y'all, Jane, how old are you about to be? I'm turning eighteen right after election. Right after the election. Yeah. Dang it. We almost had one more. I was talking about. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Rach, what about you? How old are you? I'm 17, but I'm turning 18 next year. Oh wow! Yeah, sorry, we, buddy. We should, we should just backdate their their birthdays or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we're gonna need them in November. We're gonna need that's, them. And, and, and you talk about backdating birthdays and whatnot. That's, that's why you got to bring ID to 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 vote now this because is of true. that. This is true. <laughs> This is I was about to say, don't get don't get raised uh, friends all riled up and stuff. You talking about these two? They'll be like, it's two million people doing that. You know. What I mean? So, Jaden, Jaden, and Rachel, you are not going to be eighteen yet, but and and you've just said how you feel, whether you're hopeful or not about the future or whatnot. But if you were eighteen right now, what would you be thinking about your political decisions and about? Like, who would be who would have your best interest in mind right now if you had to, like, really think it through? And and I want to add to that. If you know anything about the VPs that 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 resonates with you, yeah, yeah, that resonates with you. Like, where's your vote at that that takes care of your best interests? It's just funny because me and Rachel literally talk about this all the time. We love politics. We always talk about politics. But um, for me, we're at a uh, like a point maintain the status quo or go into fascism. So, I mean, that's kind of like an easy decision in terms of um, local and city elections. I feel like those are important. And I feel like that needs to be yes, sir. Um, like, you know, people need to need to know that we're not just doing a presidential, you know, election right now. We're doing we're going we're going for senators congressman we're trying to take back the house right now we're trying to take back the senate we already got the house we're trying to take back the senate oh yeah 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 so um yeah definitely i'm voting for joe biden i'm not crazy but yeah. I- i'm sorry if anybody's in the chat that, that actually if- <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about it. don't be sorry don't be sorry i'm the don't only one sorry I'm the only person the only offended is right i'm You're the, the only, only one that could be offended by this but uh i'm not and so yeah. uh yeah it's fine but yo so thinking about thinking about vp who are your thoughts for vice president yeah yeah you got for VP. Um, I don't want Kamala Harris. I want Biden to be more progressive. So I wish he would choose somebody like Bernie, but he won't. Um, probably like an Elizabeth Warren. 
um, pick or option would be great. Just just to mm-hmm. go, just to go more or less. Just just to take like Biden more and more out of that, you know, historic Democratic area, the Democrat mm-hmm. before the they switched mm-hmm. type. Because um, he was a Democrat when when Democrats were conservative. So like just to take him away from that, um, it, that's why I'm whoever I'm for. That's what's up, Rach. We'll come what to you, you and then Rachel? we'll go to uh, final thoughts. Okay, um, so I kind of agree with Jaden. If I could vote, I would definitely vote for Biden. In terms of VP, I also agree. Elizabeth Warren is definitely my best pick. I liked a lot of what she had to say during the um, um, the uh, the Democratic primaries before she dropped out. And I don't know. I just hope this country doesn't re-vote in Trump again. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also don't think that he's going to leave office uh, willingly. Um, <laughs> that's going to be hilarious. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, Reef will start. No, matter of fact, nah, we got the energy converter crew on here. Let's start with them. Let's start with our guest. Jaden, you up. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Yeah. So if anyone wants to take something from the podcast, take the fact that I want everyone, like every time I speak now, I want people to take this away from like, listen to us, man. It's like the youth has so much to say, as you can see by the George Floyd protest. We were pissed. We're pissed right now. Uh, we have a lot to say. We do not feel like people are listening to us. We do not feel like um, we have power in this country. I feel like that needs to change. And um, in terms of this conversation and um, uh, acting black and acting white, um, I just want everyone to know that regardless just just succeed and strive for success and and look at any challenges as um or any like um hate as you know motivation that's what i do that's what's up man appreciate you coming on and kicking it with us uh miss rachel final thoughts um, I just want to say, like, you guys brought up a lot of interesting points that I've never really thought about. Or, like, um, I for, I don't know who said this, but when it came to, like, being prepared in every room that you're in, and also just, like, regardless of how anyone thinks about you, uh, you know, the goal at the end of the day is to make your profit or do whatever you came to do and just kind of forget about the haters. So that's what that's what I took away from that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you using your voice. That's what's up. All right, Reef, final thoughts, bro. No, I, I mean, listen, this is great to meet y'all. And I end up 100%. You know, sometimes you ain't got to kill them with kindness. Sometimes you got to kill them with blindness. Don't even see the haters. Stay focused on your goals. Um, I love the fact that you all are, are, are leaders and, and demonstrating leadership consistently. Um, shout out to uh, Energy Converters. I love that you got that uh, that Warriors, that Philadelphia Warriors poster back there, Jay, and that I think that's a sign about where you might go to school and in PA, baby. But uh, but listen, I'm really proud of y'all um, and continue to work. And what I would love for you to to, which I'm sure you're thinking about, is who is your replacements? How are you training your replacements, uh, whether in energy converters or in your schools, to continue to think about like, okay, once I leave for wherever I'm going, I want to make sure that uh, my replacement is is even better and stronger and can run faster but keep up the great work really honored that you all um you know came on the show chris um i can't say i can't approve on all that that's already been said uh i appreciate both of you coming today it gives me hope just to see you be so sharp 
and know what you want. And um, the thing about you being ready and prepared for any room and anywhere you go in any game that you're going to play, I think is the most important thing on this acting white thing. I wanted to bring it up because number one, I, I think it's, I don't think we should participate in mischaracterizing our own people um, and the context that, that our people are in. Um, so I wanted to challenge it a little bit. I think you two, Jaden and Rachel are, are, are challenge are a challenge to it. The only thing I would say to you though, is when I talk about playing in every room, even sometimes your own people are going to need you to stand up and just be yourself with them. Uh, like anybody else. Right. So it's not just in playing, you know, in the white rooms or this room or that room. It's also with your own people sometimes because your hopes, your dreams, the things that you're chasing, not everybody around you is going to share it. Not everybody is going to want the same things that you want in life. So it's all about you. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, That's what's you. up. All right. So, so my final thoughts are this. I'm going to keep shopping at Vineyard Vines. I'm going to keep shopping at uh, J. Crew. I'm going to keep shopping at Banana Republic. I'm going to keep ordering my book bags and my kids' book bags from LL Beam and all the stores that I want to frequent. And what are you I talking about? What? What, 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 what is he about? even talking about? What, what, I have no idea. What is, why is this this mass consumerism at the end of a perfectly good show? I, I he <laughs> lost me. I don't you know, know what he's talking there's about. There's a reason why I did this. Uh, Rachel, what, what, what stores you shop at? What stores do I shop at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Any of the stores I just named? Uh, yes, I shop at J. Crew, and that was it. I only shop at J. Crew from what you listed. <laughs> There you go. Anyway, you have been listening to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. If you like this, please share it. Uh, do whatever. Uh, we'll check even if out. even if you didn't like that last uh, part, <laughs> even, if, even if you hated that part, I don't, I don't know what that part was about. It was kind of like you know, I, I'm still going to keep shopping at JC Penny. None of those places. All right. uh, but yeah, we'll tune in. We'll, we'll check in with you next week. Peace, Jaden, Rachel. Thank you. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. <laughs>